0: Colossians chapter 2, verse uh, 6 to 10. Paul writes this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive, captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of a world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So that's our passage for this morning, just a a short passage, but but packed full of truth. Uh, And and over these uh, past few weeks uh, through December, uh, as we've gone through our uh, series of Christmas letters, we've been thinking about uh, some of the reasons uh, for Christmas, why Jesus came. Uh, And we've seen some great truth taken from the New Testament letters to to remind us uh, why Jesus came, what was his purpose. Uh, and, And so we've seen that he came as a saviour to save us from our sin. He came to to destroy death. He came as a servant. He came so we might be adopted into God's family. And the truth that comes to us from Colossians chapter 2 is that Jesus came as the fullness of God. Jesus came as the fullness of God. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And as we look at this passage for a few moments, we're going to do things slightly different to to maybe how we we usually do. We're going to start at the end of the passage um, in verses 9 and 10, and we're going to finish at the start of the passage. So we're kind of just working the other way around. Uh, We're going to see what it is for Jesus to be fully God before thinking about what this means for us living today with a warning in verse 8 and a command to us in verses 6 and 7. So firstly, we see that Jesus is is fully God. It was an interesting um, idea that we we thought about before when when Victoria um, was asking me to to draw some pictures of of invisible things. How do you describe, how do you draw something invisible? The, the, The question is... From from this text, or, or the question that we might think is, how do we see and how do we know? How do we describe an invisible God? Imagine if we were to go out onto the streets of Lancaster with with a clipboard and a questionnaire. What is God like? See, it's difficult to 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 describe and to. Well, certainly, I made it look difficult to draw uh, invisible things. When we've never seen them. See, we, we might have, have felt them, we might have experienced it, we might be able to describe the effects of it, but we can't see it. Well, the Bible tells us that God hasn't left us guessing as to who he is and what he is like. God has revealed himself to us, firstly in his world through creation. God has revealed himself to us in his word in the Bible and the good news of Christmas uh, and the good news of of Colossians chapter 2 is that God has revealed himself to us fully and finally in the person of Jesus. It's at verse 9, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. This is the invisible God made visible for everyone to see. Victoria mentioned that verse from chapter one verse verse fifteen speaking of Jesus he is the image of the invisible God if you want to know what God looks like look to Jesus look to Jesus and in Jesus we see the fullness of God Paul actually tells us chapter one verse nineteen that in Jesus the fullness of God was was pleased to dwell see All of God, every part of him, is embodied in the person of Jesus fully. Finally, nothing was held back. Nothing was lacking. Maybe over these last few weeks, as we've uh, given and received Christmas cards and we've seen uh, the the nativity scene, or maybe as we watch the the children's uh, nativity play, uh, and we see baby Jesus placed in the manger, as we coloured in the the church colouring competition, uh, and as we do those good things each year, the danger is that the familiarity of that is lost, that we lose something of the wonder of the fact that this baby in the manger is the fullness of God himself, that this, this helpless baby is God. And and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking maybe about how we sing carols through December, as we sung carols this morning. And I was thinking, to to my shame, often I I can stand in church and I can um, sing songs and some volume comes out without actually thinking about the truth of the words. I think it was just in preparation for this... Uh, for this message and reading some of the the words of those carols and seeing the truth that they contained what it was for for jesus to come from heaven to dwell on earth taking taking god taking human flesh that i was really amazed and blown away by these words the heralds Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold Him; he comes, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Or, or maybe the first carol that we, that we sung, see amid the winter snow, low within the manger lies, he who built the starry skies. What... What wonderful words and what wonderful truth that is. This baby in the manger is the one who built the starry skies. Or even, oh come all ye faithful, true God of true God, light of light eternal, he who abhors not the virgin's womb, son of the father, begotten, not created. This baby in the manger was one who has been there from all time. Jesus, the the Son of God, God Himself. Once in Royal David City, tells us this: He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. Wonderful truth there containing in the carols, truth that we often sing, and it just goes over our heads. This is the wonder of Christmas. This is the wonder of the the truth that Jesus is Emmanuel, God dwelling with us. Jesus taking on human flesh this uh over this last nine months i, I think um for for christa and i we've we've probably been given a new appreciation for for just how dependent babies are um yeah we've seen babies being born and grow but until you uh uh, having to look after this helpless baby until you get sent home uh, for, from hospital with a baby, thinking I don't have a clue what to what to do, but this child is totally dependent. Then, then you think about this newborn baby Jesus, totally dependent, totally helpless, laid in a manger. But what a thought then, that this child, this baby, was there in the beginning with God the Father and God the Spirit, living in perfect harmony, loving each other, working together. And what was their work? What was the work of Jesus? Chapter 1, verse 16 of Colossians tells us that all things were created through him and for him. Jesus is God's agent in creation. Jesus is the one who made all things, and all things were made so that he would be glorified. Jesus is God's agent in creation. Jesus is the way of salvation. Jesus is the one who stepped down from glory of heaven as the invisible God was made visible to human human eyes. Jesus is God in flesh and bones. Jesus is God with skin. That's what... The Christmas narrative in in Matthew chapter one, as we read, tells us Matthew chapter one verse twenty three, and we read that they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the this is what the the Christmas narrative tells us in John's words, John chapter one verse fourteen: the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is is God Himself taking the form of human flesh. Well, why why did He do that? What was the need for God to come to us in human flesh? Well, Paul des- uh, describes in in Colossians how we are dead in our trespasses. We have a record of debt that is stood against us. <laughs> He says we're living in the domain of darkness. Well, God knows all things. God saw our situation. He knew that we were helpless. He he was aware of our greatest need, and he stepped in and intervened. John 1.14, again, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Jesus came, the fullness of God in human flesh. Why? So that we might see his glory and receive his grace. That we might see his glory and receive his grace. I think that this is another thing that that maybe as we read the Christmas narrative, we, we begin to see, as as the wise men visit the, the the infant Jesus, and as they come before him, and as they come into his presence, seeing his majesty and his glory, seeing this child as as God Himself in human flesh, they fall down and worship him. Fall down and worship him. That, that's the only. Real, right response in seeing Jesus as God Himself in human flesh. Last week, if we we uh, thought about the the humility of Jesus, didn't we? Jesus coming as a servant, coming not to be served, but but to serve. So we, we saw Jesus' humility, but Colossians chapter 2 causes us to see the majesty and the glory of Jesus. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells. See, in the person of Jesus, in his, in his life, in his work, in his words, in his ministry, we see his power, his authority, we see his perfect holiness, Knowledge, wisdom, faithfulness, grace, and mercy. And and then Paul tells us this. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, verse 10, and, and get this, and you have been filled in him. We have been filled in him. For those who have seen his glory and received his grace, for those... Who have come to Jesus in faith and repentance, though, those who have turned and trusted in Him, those who have seen His Majesty's glory and, and worshipped Him. Paul Paul tells us that we have been filled in Him. There's a there's a simple um, kind of equation going on here, uh, a, a mathematical uh, equation. Christ equals everything christ equals everything i'm no mathematician but even i can work out christ equals everything so as christians if we have christ we have everything we have christ and in him we have everything we need what's the what's the implication of this um second point Uh, this morning therefore don't be taken captive don't be taken captive jesus is fully god and in him we have everything so don't be taken captive verse 8 see to it that no one takes you uh, captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to christ paul kind of gives us this this image of kidnap, it's a, an image that, that fills us with the, the thought of danger. And Paul says, look out for the danger of being taken captive. He says, don't be deceived. You you would maybe think that, that to be taken captive, we would be uh, well aware of that. We, we almost imagine this scene of of kidnappers being uh, picked up on the streets and bundled into the back of a black van and and driven off, uh, blindfolded, and and we we would be well aware of that situation. But but I think I think as Paul speaks here, speaking of, of the fact that that. Kidnap it in this sense, to be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit is is something that we wouldn't always be, be quite so aware of. We might not always realize when we've been taken captive. See, when the people who are trying to take us captive say that they are trying to help us, maybe maybe even they they would claim to be trying to help us in our christian life when they, when they come alongside with a with a big smile and they come alongside with with tips on, on how to be a a better fuller christian we maybe don't always realize that 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 could be being taken captive i think what's going on in, in in Colossae, why Paul is writing this, is that there is false teaching coming into the church. People are starting to to be hearing false teachers that say faith in Jesus is not enough. Say, it's fine to start with Jesus, start with faith in Jesus, but then you need something else. These false teachers were saying you need faith in Jesus plus other things faith in jesus and then conforming to jewish tradition faith in jesus plus circumcision faith in jesus plus plus obeying the food laws things regarding festivals and and sabbath that's what was going on in colossae maybe those things are, are not the the pressures we we face uh, today but but think about this not every piece of advice that we're given it is helpful in our Christian walk. Not every book that our friend would recommend to us is a good one. Not every preacher that we might hear on a TV channel is faithful to preaching the gospel. Not every worship song will teach us to love Jesus. And, not, and, and, and even this, not every church would want us to stick with Jesus. Maybe those, some of those things seem quite shocking. And it does seem that way, but maybe if we think those things are, are shocking, then we are the ones who are in danger of being taken captive. The big concern here, the big concern of Paul is that those who were following Jesus, who had started off following Jesus, would be led astray and would be taken captive. Led astray with the the empty promises of the world being led astray, maybe because their Christian lives had become stale and they'd become unsatisfied with the things of Jesus, thinking that they could get more elsewhere. Maybe for us we even see that from time to time, don't we? People who would throw in the towel, people who move away from Jesus because their hearts be- begin to be cap- captivated by other things, whether that's by a relationship or by money and desire for success, maybe captivated by things of self and believe in the lie that everything is about us. I think this, this passage really challenges us that if we have seen the glory of God in the person of Jesus, if we have received his grace and experienced his fullness, why would we turn any, any other way? Why would we chase after all these other things that are not according to Christ when in Christ we have fullness? Let me again read that verse from Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, that we read a, a few moments ago. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. See, this, this was the reality of, of God's people so often, that though God offered fullness and total satisfaction... God's people had forsaken him. They turned away from this fountain, this overflowing water that, that brought complete fullness, and what what they exchanged that for? They'd exchanged that for for broken cisterns, dirty puddles of water that would hold no water but kept leaking, and and that seems like a foolish thing to do doesn't it when god offers fullness in the person of jesus why would we go anywhere else see so often we might find that the the world offers to us what seems like fullness it, it offers satisfaction in 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 other things but paul says to believe is to be deceived, to believe that is to believe a lie, it's empty, it's hollow, there is nothing of any value in the, in those things. Uh, was a few years ago now, this, this is uh, rather a, a silly um, illustration, but we'll, but we'll go with it, uh, quite a few years ago now, uh, me and my dad were working and um, Mum made us up a packed lunch for the day, and uh, we we went away and we worked in the morning. We opened up our uh, dinner boxes, and and in there sandwiches, uh, whatever else, uh, and then we got to the good stuff—the home home baked cake and the the Mister Kipling um, mince pie. I'm sure you've had plenty of those over this this past month. Um, promising to be exceedingly good, and, and we look forward to that this exceedingly good Mr. Kipling, um, mince pie. And we bit into it and well, I bit into it hollow, hollow on the inside, only pastry. This, this, what promised to be exceedingly good was, was only empty and hollow with nothing to offer. And and so often though we might be tempted to be dragged in by things that appear to be fullness and appear to offer good things and appear to offer, offer us life and satisfaction. Why be deceived and go that way when we have complete fullness in the person of Jesus? Don't live it in the way where we follow things, follow after things that are not according to Christ when it's empty deceit and it's human tradition and it's according to the principles of this world, but it's not according to Christ because in Christ, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, moving away from Jesus is not just leaving, but moving away from Jesus is, is dying. Moving away from Jesus is, is worse than bad. Jesus, as he, as he uh, speaks and, and he, as he went through his ministry, um, recorded in John chapter 10, verse 10, something that could be one of his uh, mission statements. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the reality of Jesus coming to earth, taking on human flesh, Showing what God is like in his fullness so that we may have life and have it abundantly. To have Christ is to to know fullness. Everything else is is empty and hollow. So then, how are we to live? Well, thirdly, we should be those who stick with Jesus. Stick with Jesus, verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Keep going in the same way that you started. Keep going in the same way that you started. So walk in him. What's the way that we started? It's by re- receiving by faith. So how do we continue? We continue in faith. The way to grow is by continuing in Christ, walking in him, depending in him, relying on him and growing as a christian isn't about moving on to other things but growing is about sticking with him verse seven there gives us uh, two illustrations uh two illustrations that that show us that walking in him is about being like trees and it's being like buildings strange you might say because those two things are not famous for walking or, or hopefully not But those things show, show us really clearly what it looks like to be sticking with Jesus. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. He says we have to be rooted in Christ. And Paul's image for the Christian life, for the Christian walk, is how we progress, is by being rooted. The healthy trees grow in two directions, don't they? The roots go go down, and the tree uh, goes up. Uh, and it's the same for for healthy Christians. The roots go down deep into Jesus, rooted in Him, and as that happens, the growth is able to go up towards spiritual maturity. And Paul says not only be rooted, but be built up in him. It's right, isn't it, that that when a good foundation is laid for, for a building, it's right that the building goes up. And it's by being rooted in him, by being built up on him, roots sunk in him, foundations that are set on him, that we can be established in faith. Our faith is firm because our faith is on a great solid base and our faith has roots that are sunk deep in him. See, the the shallow-rooted tree with no depth of roots is blown over by the first storm that comes along. The building that is built on the shaky foundation comes crashing down. I, I wonder what in your life... What in your life are you rooted in or built upon? What's the one thing that if it was taken away would bring everything crashing down? What's the one thing that holds everything in your life together? If that thing is not according to Christ, don't be taken captive by it. What is left when our health fails what is left then when our loved one is taken when when your job is, is is lost when your business struggles if our roots and our foundation is on those things and that is taken away we have nothing left but stick with jesus and enjoy his fullness i think that's what what Paul is telling us stick with Jesus walk in him get your roots down deep into the gospel of Jesus because there's no other way of growing see Paul's prayer for this church is that they might be presented mature in Christ chapter 1 verse 28 that they will be stable steadfast that they will be well established how not by shifting from the hope of the gospel I wonder are you content (coughs) in where you are in your christian walk are you are you are you content are you happy to to be where you are and and just to sit back not not too concerned with with growing upwards well the warning is that if that is you it is easy to become dissatisfied in jesus or are you wanting to grow in christ Are you wanting to to know more of him? Are you wanting to to, to love him more and follow him more closely? Then stick with him. Walk in him, be rooted and built up in him. Hopefully you'd already be be seeing the ways in which we do that. Maybe as we um, come to church and we sit under his word as we meet during the week in, in home groups and we Discuss what it looks, pr- looks like practically to, to follow Jesus. It looks like letting the word of God dwell w- richly within us as we live our daily lives and, and as we live as, as families and as the family of God. Growing up in Christ, growing is sticking in Jesus and to grow up we need to grow down. What happens then when keeping going seems difficult? Uh, I just want to make two points here. When keeping going seems difficult, when we may be tempted to throw in the towel, see Jesus that he is fully God. He came down so that we might be filled in him. In Jesus, the fullness of deity dwells bodily and we are filled in him and he fills us with everything we need to keep going. Paul says in chapter 1 verse 11, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. He doesn't leave us to to try and figure out life on our own, but he strengthens us and equips us and gives us everything that we need so that we can patiently endure. Uh, and secondly, how do we keep going? By seeing what God has done. If we realize what we've what we've received, if we realize what we've been taught, if we realize that God himself is the one who has sunk our roots deep, and, and God himself is the one that, who has built our buildings and made us firm so that we can last to the end, we'll delight in him. Uh, and may that be true that we... Uh, increasingly delighting in him and and what he's done. Jesus left the splendor of heaven, taking the form uh, of human flesh, and he did it for you. He did it for us. We have Christ, and in Christ we have everything we need, so stick with him. That's the the message from this morning, so stick with him. As you've received, so walk in him. In a lot of ways, I love the simplicity of the the Christian life. Um, The way that we begin is the way that we continue. The way that we're converted is the way that we grow. The way that we're saved is the way that we're sanctified. It's by continuing in faith and repentance. It's continuing, turning, uh, and trusting. Jesus came, the fullness of God dwelling in him, and he came that we might be filled. Therefore, don't be taken captive. Don't be led astray by empty deceit. Don't be led astray by hollow wisdom, but stick with Christ. In Christ, we have everything we need.